Gentlemen, start your engines! Good afternoon, radio. For those who don't know, Radio Hotner. Thanks for coming and making time. It's on everybody's mind. For those who don't know, there's a big shebang. Sorry about that. Sorry about the little, uh, um, uh, technical goodies. Radio Hotner. Oh, cheers, boys. Cheers. Cheers. G'day viewers, welcome to episode 49 of Radio Hotlap, that samey internet podcast where you learn about interesting humorous things in international and local motorsport, Australian motorsport, cool emerging technologies, gadgets and barbecues. And uh, with me today is not JP at all, who's um, very, very busy down in the southeast opening shopping centres again. Um, it's uh, Chris from V8 Central. G'day. Hey John, how are you? Good mate, glad you could make it down to Adelaide for the uh, Clipsal 500 which starts today and I suppose uh, later on in the show we'll go down and talk to a few people and find out what they've uh, got to say for themselves, all be positive and upbeat and you know, trying to keep it off the wall. Good to be here, I wouldn't miss one, I don't <laughs> think I've missed one yet. <laughs> mate, it's a beautiful day here in Adelaide, uh, the uh, 34 degrees today is predicted, 37 tomorrow, that'll be tough uh, for, the, for qualifying day. Um, 28 on Saturday and 26 on Sunday, so that should bring the crowds in. Eclipse was a bit early this year, uh, so the heat's probably come with it. And uh, I noticed they've got some cooling systems at the track that uh, flash cooling. Pretty interesting. Yeah, go some, and... some new cool zone thing drops the ambient by 12 degrees, and obviously you won't be able to get in them at all. But hey, why not get into them? Well, yeah. it won't have a pass to get in no, there. No. You know? <laughs> no, there'll be too many people in there already. Ah, right. Well, we'll just have to go Taking banana lands down there, just camp out in it all day. Well, that's, yeah, absolutely, mate. But we'll just have to go up to our own little cool zone at the Cooper's Corporate Box and uh, have a couple of lazy Coopers up there. Definitely. Well, mate, what are you having a drink this morning? <laughs> this morning? This morning. I'm having a coffee. I had a grapefruit juice earlier, I think that's about it. Well, viewers, we have to apologise for not being able to get round to doing a show for the last few weeks. It's just been one thing after another. It's just been flat out, so I'll just give you a bit of a recap what's been going on. Uh, who are we looking after this weekend down here? Uh, Alan Simonson in Australian GT, Jack Ellsgood in the uh, V8 Ute Championship, and uh, Marcus Akanovic in uh, the Fujitsu Supercar Series. So, um, all doing pretty well um, in their run-up to this event. Uh, their testing's gone pretty well, and of course Alan, um, three or four weeks ago, won the uh, the opening round of Australian GT at Eastern Creek, where he was supporting um, A1GP, and I think he uh, grabbed the fastest practice time, qualified on pole, and, uh, and led from the front, and, and kept it all there. So he got to take the silverware and a few kisses from the girls, but um, uh, the week before he'd actually... Uh, won the Lake Mountain Tango, which had been a uh, his first ever attempt at any sort of uh, tarmac rallying. It's a, about a 9k, 9k bitumen uh, track, uh, one and a half hours north-west of Melbourne, um, where they go up the hill and down the other side. So that was a bit interesting, and he was up against Cody Crocker and, um, and a few uh, big names there and came out on top. So he uh, then went off and backed that up with a win in Rally Tasmania, which was a pretty big upset because there were 110 entries there. And uh, of those 110 entries, 63 were modern category cars, in, you know, including Jim Richards in his uh, four-wheel drive 997 Porsche, 
Um, Cody Crocker again was there in a similarly uh, Les Walkton prepared WRX. He was in the Les Walkton prepared uh, Evo 9 as fielded by Homeland Centre Australia. Thanks to um, thanks to Paul Carter's vision to be able to go tarmac rallying with Alan. And uh, mate, he uh, absolutely blitzed them and uh, pretty much all of the uh, all of the the 17 or 18 stages. I think he was fastest on about uh, 15 of them. Always good. That it so, is always good. <clears throat> so he's going to get more in the tarmac rally now, or just um, yes. He it? and co-driver Ben Cersey are, are continuing the tarmac rally program, and their next event will be Target Tasmania. Uh, they spent five days directly after that, um, which was last week. Um, the previous week we've had today's being the Thursday morning, uh, the first of March. So the previous week he had spent five, six days directly after after the rally Taz down there doing recce and you know he found that that's quite a tiring and, and, and monotonous sort of task but you've got to do it um, so uh, not just a pretty boy going round and round in a Ferrari anymore so he's looking forward to doing a good job there so he would have to be you know a, a good chance at being you know on the podium for a Target Tasmania yeah yeah why not and Jimmy Richards had said, look, that's about as fast as I can go. It's just simply the uh, the whole thing has uh, stepped up another notch. And, um, you know, his, hat's, uh, his hat was taken off. Well, the... I think, but Jim's said a few times over recent years, you know, he's just happy to go there and race. So if he wins, fair enough. But he's not out there for the win. He's just out there for the sheer enjoyment of, of motorsport. Oh, I think that's quite true. But, you know, I think as a racer, you always want to be there. And, you know, yeah, the, the commitment is, is, is still there. And uh, certainly he and, and Barry Oliver have got the, got the experience. But I think the whole sport has just come up to another level again. And the, uh, the pre- preparation of these, um, of these Japanese, um, you know, WRC-derived cars are, you know, extremely good. Yeah. Just there in the distance, the first sounds of uh, cars racing around the Adelaide Street Circuit, Aussie racing cars will be out there, I think, for the first thing today. Um, and the first practice session for V8 Supercars or the Fujitsu Series at 9.35, which is in about half an hour's time. So, mate, what have you got to say for yourself? You've been very oh, quiet so well, far this morning. What do you need a scotch or something? <laughs> yeah, maybe to get me started. Um, no, I've just I've had a busy week leading up to Clipsal because obviously, as you said, Clipsal comes early this year. But uh, last weekend was the first round of the Drift Australia series in Barbagallo, so I took the long flight over to Perth, um, drifted all weekend, and back to Sydney on Monday, then down to here yesterday, and back to Sydney on Monday again. So. Um, it's been a. It's going to be two weeks of motor racing and stuck in planes on sitting on airstrips waiting for electrical storms to pass. We had the same problem in Perth and um, and in Sydney yesterday. Yeah, and uh, and I had the same in Melbourne uh, a week ago as well. So um, yeah, it seems like the ground crews just don't like to touch anything anymore. If there's a bit of lightning around. But, yeah. Well, I suppose if lightning's touching down, then you know, it's just, yeah, okay, but. It's always nice to get your plane away on time at the same time. So drifting is now a national championship. Right? Drifting was a national championship last year, and and again this year, it's fully cam sanctioned. Um, you know, you've got to have all the roll cages and the extinguishers and the, everything else that goes with professional motorsport in the country. And and obviously the guys are running under big budgets now as well. You know, they've, they've got big tyre deals. Uh, it's not your average little well, backyard. You'd need a tyre deal with, oh, with drifting, wouldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> you'd be tearing it up pretty quick. You're tearing it up. You know, everyone thinks that they run second-hand tyres. No, no, they run brand-new tyres, and they can wear them out really fast. Yep. Um, but there's two categories for, for Drift Australia. There's obviously the Drift Australia series, which is some 
it's um, parallel with supercars if you like and then there's another series called the super drift series which is more your feeder category a lot like the, the Fujitsu series so in super drift you get you know there's some cars that uh, are a little bit um, not on as large a budget shall we say uh, some are road registered so they might drive them to the track and then race them all weekend and drive them home again but all the DA cars are you know professional race cars trail it in you know, you, I don't think you could actually road register any of those cars now but um, all went well two days of action in Perth uh, a huge crowd I think we had over 5,000 some people were reporting up to 7,000 um, spectators on Barbara Gallo right so Barbagello, we just sort of race um, down the front straight uh, and around the first series of corners up till you get to the top of the hill. Don't go over the hill, obviously, because then the crowd can't see. Um, but yeah, it was good judging. Uh, the local boy, Adam Truella, actually took out the event. Um, pretty pleased about that because he's, he only secured, I think he got a podium last year, but, he, he, but you know, he's got first place this year as well, so he obviously leads the championship now. Um, and Christian Pickering got second, and Chris Easton got third. So how did the 2006 champ Bo Yates go? Uh, I forget exactly where he finished, but he got into the top eight. Um, pretty sure he got into the top eight. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, just a lot of it comes down to how it goes on the day. Yeah, really, yeah. it does, isn't it? I mean, it's not like circuit racing where, you know, if you're on it and the car's set up right, it's just really about your, your skill on that one particular run, mm. and it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a bit tougher. I'm just... I know the, the way that the scores work, that they start with five apiece and then one person gets one point there and the other person loses a point. So it's sort of, you know, the gap's always widening, isn't it, oh, between the winner and the loser? Sort of, as, as long as your point's out at the ten. Like, the points will always out the ten. So if someone really has a big off and, you know, they don't do anything right, they might get one point and the guy who wins gets nine. So the, the points always add up to ten. They do two battles, so you'll actually get a score out of twenty. Um, and then they go from there. So it, it's a lot like a... Um, like a tennis match where you start off with 32 cars and you know, there's always a winner and a loser so you go to 16, 8, 4 and then a run off for the final and the grand final. So um, that's good, there was a lot of people who were you know, first timers to drifting and they, they thought it was pretty awesome, they'd be back to see it again. Uh, unfortunately for DA they're probably going to have to wait another year until we go to Perth. You know, well, we're not, we're wouldn't, gonna... it, wouldn't it make a bit of sense to like actually have some drifting here at Crystal 500 where the biggest crowds are right through the chicane there at the end of the uh, the staff inch oh, I suppose you could. Yeah, it would make sense, though, wouldn't it? You know, it, because it, there's a lot of people here. There's a lot of people here. There's a lot of corporate boxes around the place. It, it could make sense to do that. But we don't make those decisions. So, um, well, let's just hope that they, they'll be there anyway. It'll probably be as a demonstration or something like that. But well, there was, there was a demo drifting run even at the A1GP. So, um, you know, Bolger had a few cars down there and yep. pulled them out a few times. And... Uh, it's it's hard to get the average motorsport fan to understand what drifting is. Mm. Like it's still motorsport. It's just not your traditional green flag. And the culture thing. is a bit unusual too, isn't it? Sort of the hats backwards. Yeah, it's hat, hat backwards type thing. You know, yeah. it's the 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 demographic is quite young, but uh, and typically they don't they don't watch you know drifters don't watch proper circuit racing and proper circuit racing don't watch drifting. Um, I think if the two sort of blended over, it'd be. There's a lot of interest there. There's a, there's a lot of technology goes into these cars. You know, big turbos, suspension setups, tyre pressures, and everything like that. It's it's still all the same technical stuff that goes into it. They're not just. They're just not doing a full lap, and they're not doing from green flag to checkered flag. That's probably the only difference. So, um, moving around the drivers, yeah, so we're just finishing up there on, on Alan, so he's obviously had a pretty uh, successful uh, start to the year, um, with uh, pretty much three wins from three events that he's gone into, uh, went over to um, 
went over to uh, France a couple of weeks before that um, to test uh, for the Aston Martin Pro Drive um, GD1 DBR9 um, at Paul Ricard, spent uh, three days there um, and uh, he was uh, testing with um, Oliver Panis, uh, Darren Turner, Ricard Rydell, Casper uh, Elgard and uh, someone else, I can't remember. But um, he was second fastest time, uh, with the fastest being uh, the other Danish driver, Elgard, who um, has uh, ended up with the, the Le Mans drive mm-hmm. in GT1. Having said that, we can't say too much other than we're on the, uh, on the edge of getting a uh, LMP1 drive for, for Alan sorted out that we should know uh, fairly soon anyway. All the indications of uh, so far s- looks like on the 17th and 18th of June will be um, in the 24 hour and that'll be uh, pretty good and for those who uh, are unfamiliar with, with the way that Le Mans 24 hour works if you haven't been a starter there before you have to do the uh, mandatory test day which is two weeks prior um, or one week prior something like that anyway so uh, like a team it has to show but a driver must also show if they've never done a test before and I think that's why um, like last year Jason Bright's efforts got nixed in the, in the Aston mm-hmm. Martin so the Aston Martins are actually only going to turn up there for that event that's the only event they're going to be uh, appearing at all year it's but just more to show that the drivers are capable rather than anything else I think so I think it's just it's you know just one of the one of the things that the uh, the ACO says that has to happen and just the way it is, mm-hmm. but it's certainly um, you know it's got a it's a, it's a long track around, and um, <laughs> as we've seen many times before, you don't want to start a new lap with a, 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 a small fuel tank, <laughs> a little bit of fuel <laughs> in the tank, and um, and a little less confidence, that's for sure. So um, moving on to uh, Jack Ellsgood, who um, whilst uh, has uh, had all the plans to drive a supercar in the Fujitsu series this year. Uh, at this point, won't be driving one here at uh, Clipsal 500. The uh, the deal just didn't get come together um, in time. Doesn't mean that he won't be driving later on in the year. I suppose we'll just have to look for four weeks down the track when we go to uh, Wakefield Park. See what happens by then. But um, having said that, we did decided that Jack would be back in the in the Ute. And uh, obviously, you know, the only thing position he'd be looking for is to is to take the championship out after after winning. Or coming, um, you know, being the bridesmaid uh, last year and also in 2004. So, um, best of luck to Jack, and uh, he's pretty busy with his um, with his business operations, expanding the real estate business on the on the North Shore, Delmege, um, and uh, doing another bunch of things around the country. So, uh, best of luck to Jack, and we'll get in and have a chat to him a bit later on. And then we've got uh, Marcus, who um, who had picked up the uh, Garth Tanders Toll HSV dealer team car from last year and um, had a handover day at uh, Winton about two weeks ago. On the Monday, obviously being a handover day, they couldn't do any tyres or telemetry or, or, um, or de- rather downloads and um, uh, suspension changes, anything like that. Um, yet last week they went up and did a, had a proper test day and uh, he was very, very happy with that on the Tuesday and um, out of the people running, um, Winterbottom was fastest, followed by Holdsworth, Steve Richards, Rick Kelly, Scaife Bright, Murphy and Richards in the car, um, Cato and then and Marcus, followed by uh, Alan Gurr. And um, I think you'd have to be pretty happy considering he's you know, really his first time he's had a go of the car in anger. He said it's an extremely easy car to drive. Um, you know, I'm just so surprised. It's just beautifully built and, and obviously that's what makes the car, you know, um, um, uh, build fast. Yeah. 
and uh, been getting some good good help from um, from the guys from yeah from Robbie Crawford's team have been handing over the car to him. So um, yeah, uh, best of luck to him and uh, keep it off the the wall at turn nine. Is it turn nine or turn eight? <laughs> The, I, think, I think it's both, you know, turn 8 anyway, bites a few and just then turn 9, the wall. if anyone survives turn 8 they have to get around turn 9 as well. So. And we'll go down and have a look at uh, look at Marcus, uh, have a chat to him later on in the, in the day. Um, Adam Macro uh, looks like he's getting a, a getting a drive after all, um, with Radisic still uh, not fully still. recovered from the, uh, the Team Kiwi Racing uh, crash at Bathurst. Well, the way I read it is, yeah, he's still got a little bit to go, but the problem was that uh, he thought Clipsal was just too hard as being a first hit out. So if it was any other race, he probably would have would have driven this weekend. But being Clipsal, being 500Ks, being concrete walls, you know, you can't make a mistake at all. So he's decided to step aside, let, Andrew, let um, Adam Macro in the seat for the weekend, and he should be um, back online and ready for round two. Uh, if you actually cast your, your mind back a few years, you'll probably recall that uh, uh, Radisic was actually pulled out of the car from dehydration, yeah. and so he's probably got that on his mind as well. And uh, there was, and having looked at the temperature gauge earlier in the week, which has been downgraded from 40 tomorrow to 37, which is still pretty hot but quite dry down here, be going. Look, I'll, I'll just watch from the bar. But when you say 37 is is ambient track temperature in the car, it's going to be what over 60 easily, oh, at least 38. Yeah. At least 38, yeah. Bump it up a few degrees. Um, but yeah, when Paul was pulled, basically manhandled out of the car that year, and there was a few other drivers dropped that year as well, wasn't it? You know, I think he was the worst affected. Yes, he was. Yeah, and there was quite a bit of... Uh, uh, I think no one had really experienced heat like that, and um, you know, it sort of took them by surprise, so that's really behind the eight ball. Um, last year, there was um, Steve Owen. Just in the autobahn mm-hmm. car, and it just you know, passed out, passed out, went straight yeah, in. Yeah. But it, I can't remember; if it was, wasn't that hot. It was only about twenty-eight. So, which is the which is the the temperature we want because that brings the crowds to the event, and the organisers hate hot days. Yeah, uh, for several reasons. Because uh, apart from the fact that there's not as many people coming through the gates, it's um, all the, uh, the the noisier people that are there that um, have taken a few days off work to come and um, and, and drink booze and. Well, they drink a lot of booze in the heat, and that stretches the medical services. And uh, and then they go to the um, concert and become loud and obnoxious. Not that we ever do anything no. like that. Never. Have a glass of scotch. <laughs> uh, mate, what else? What else? Well, if you're talking about bad civic cars, I think the biggest problem is the um, is the big scandal recently with HRT and toll um, HSV teams trying to prove their ownership of Tiga and, and prove that they can actually run. Uh, I think the latest word is that HRT now have 14 days after round one to prove that Mark Scaife owns the team and there is minimal ownership involvement, call it what you will, from Tom Alpenshaw. I suppose this would have to be um, sort of viewed as a, um, as a sort of a safeguard with the total expenditure cap being put in place $6.75 million per team, they were going, well, how are you going to police that? You know, How are you actually not going to find out that this division over here did it for a carton of beer? Yes, it really would have been billed at $10,000. But, I mean, that's still going to go on, isn't it? But how are you going to keep track of that sort of stuff? It's, it's you know, everyone's just going to outsource their their development, their funding, their whatever, yeah, 
every piece of R&D is not going to be under the team anymore. It's going to be under some other contracted company somewhere else with very lenient fees on the, you know, on the on the information coming back into the team. So, um, yeah, I'd, I'd think that the, the Trek board have got a lot of hard work this year. Um, it may be easier in in future years, but this year, you know, the first year for everybody. I don't know if they've actually got the rules in place to do what they want to do, but we'll see what happens. We will see what happens. And we'll go around and talk to a few people today and see if we can get them to shed a bit of light on some things there. My old mate Damien White, who um, has been twice uh, the uh, year champion, but certainly in 2004 and 2005, has... Um... Oh, good morning, Rusty Sausage. Um, got himself one of the Paul Morris Motorsport cars, but also got himself a great sponsor in Select TV, a um, digital subscription TV network, 36 channels. Um, sounds pretty good. Sounds awesome. It's, uh, it's good to see a new a new sponsor come into the into the category, and and you know that uh, it really really pushes my my um, my thoughts about internet TV. It's uh, not going to be long before that really is uh, is coming to the. Uh, to the front, all we've got to do is just get that uh, get that content off the computer and into the lounge room. And once that's done, I think people will start to embrace that sort of stuff. And these uh, these services are going to be in for a, uh, a bit of a run for their money. No, it'll be a good. Well, it's the next wave, isn't it? Is sort of trying to get all the content that you obviously watch on TV or an iPod or something now to get it onto your big screen in your lounge room. You're not tied down to a computer. You're not tied down to a, an internet connection. You can um, just broadcast it through the home. But I mean, don't you don't you reckon that people want to sit in the lounge with a remote control and a beer in their hand, like at a oh, distance from a screen? Suppose, isn't that why it doesn't really work? Because you inherently you're sitting in a chair which is upright. You've got a keyboard in front of you, and, you, and the screen's right in front of you. You know, you feel like you're in the office. But but it's okay for a single person viewing experience. Once you get a family to sit down and watch some of this sort of stuff, you know, you can't stand right in a computer screen. No one's going to sit there for a half hour show or an hour show or whatever. When it's in your TV room or your lounge room or whatever and you're used to doing that sort of thing you've got the lounges and everything set up for it it's going to be a lot easier it is going to be a lot easier now mate what else is going on I'm just uh, JP he just I don't know he hasn't been able to come away with all those blasted shopping centres he's been <laughs> opening mate what are you doing down there like I know you're a, you're a huge hero down in the down in the east um south east it is like especially at uh Narricourt. I think he was complaining too much that there's too many Apple reps in town. I wonder what they would be in town at this oh, time of year for. Oh, yeah, Apple he's, reps. He's got too many business yeah. meetings to attend to actually go to the VH. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder why. Uh, should I actually say uh, g'day to International Paulie, who will no doubt be listening, back there in London who has um, now uh, started a new job, left Moldy-Matic, and he's ended up in his new uh, new gig in um, in London at, at a group called Fingal, which are heavily involved with Honda F1 and a whole lot of other really interesting motorsport projects. So uh, that's uh, that's pretty good. And uh, he's just uh, he was talking to me the other day, and he went, um, mate, uh, you, uh, Mark Fogarty turned up in the office the other day uh, to say g'day, and with, as it turns out, is an avid Radio Hot Lap listener. So, uh, folks, good on Focus you, mate. as well. Yes, wow. and it thinks it's a bit of a laugh, so well, I might get you on the show sometime and you can have a talk some crap along with us. <laughs> we might bump into him on the weekend. Huh? Yeah, well, He'll we'll. be there anyway. Yeah, well, so we're going to get on the show or what? So, yeah, no, good luck, Paulie. Um, but no doubt we'll uh, see you over there because I got a bottle of wine the other day. 
as, uh, as it tends to pass across my hands, um, in the mail. And I thought that was quite nice, but on the other back of the bottle was an invitation to a wedding in Tuscany. So I've got to go to Tuscany for a wedding, which is three days after the third round of the Le Mans series at Nürburgring and two weeks after the Le Mans 24 hour. So uh, probably catch up with International over there and go for a walk on the Amalfi Coast. Some people have all the luck, Nice for some, <laughs> yeah. Fully sponsored by Coopers, of course. Actually, one thing that I found out yesterday, it was on the forums um, just as I was leaving home, was the, what is it, NASA, the National Association of Sprint Car or Speedway Racing, has put a tender out for the administration of the World Series Sprint Cars series, yeah, which has been Wade Orange's baby for the last... Oh, I just wait on Is he the administrator? He basically runs WSS. All right. Um, so there's there's some stuff that's sort of like not for publication at the moment, but the official word is that um, NASA has actually just put out a tender, basically, for to find a new person to run the series. So that was quite shocking. Um, but he is very much the uh, the, the voice of the sport, is, isn't he? He is Mr. World Series Brinkhouse. He does an awesome job. He's got sponsors lined up for the next, you know, when, when they're in one season, he's got sponsors lined up for the next season or the season after. He does an awesome job. That so, um, smells to me like, um, just from the outside looking in, is um, don't like people getting too controlling. Oh, I just, so they might have to be sent off just to show that they're not as important as they first thought they might have been. Yeah, possibly. I just don't know if, if it's a game that NASA are playing or if it's for real or what it is. But, I um, can't imagine there'd be games played. This is motorsport. Exactly. I mean, but like, it's just, it's, it's, it's straightforward, isn't it? You know, what, what was it the other day? People want to get press releases for 50 bucks? 50 bucks? Yeah, kid, no, yeah. yeah. Go, right. down, go down and put 50 bucks in the poker machine. That's right. I'd rather do that than spend the day <laughs> press releases for 50 bucks. What else are we going to do this weekend? 250 bucks. 250. Well, we could just, uh, just had a phone call from Glenn Cooper this morning and he was pleased to tell me that uh, Cooper's is uh, again a uh, sponsor of the Yagama V8 Ute series and um, that's great. There'll be uh, two car cameras in, in Jack Ellsgood's car um, and there's going to be some live V8 Ute racing. We've never seen that before. Oh, uh, this is all a part of, part of Channel 7's live V8 supercar coverage where they show the, the support categories at the same time. Well, did you... There was a one-hour show... Um, a week ago, did you happen to see it? I missed it because I was at the drifting. I heard a lot about it. Apparently, well, there's mixed reactions as to how good and bad it is, but I don't know, did you see it? No, I didn't see it. Uh-huh. But I thought, you know, if you three hours later, you might have seen it. Oh, well, anyway, I didn't see it and sort of... We'll find out what's going on. Yeah. In Techland, mate, there's a bit something a bit interesting stuff going on here. Techland, yeah. Some quite. Some, obviously, now this is, this is a good scam, I, I like it. Someone has said, a company called Texas MP3 Technologies, on the 15th of February they've, 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 um, they've obtained a patent. Well, they must have had it for a while. But basically, they're making a complaint. Yeah, and from nine, two Korean investors back in 1997 reckon that they have a patent on MP3 players, which basically says that anything that Samsung, SanDisk and Apple have been doing um, for the last 10 years uh, are fraudulent and um, we'd like you to give us some money. But a further investigation to uh, finding out where um, MP3 technologies actually, Texas MP3 technologies are, um, 
Well, they uh, don't have a website and it uh, doesn't have a publicly listed phone number and it's got a post office box in a Texas town of Marshall. So it could be seen that uh, yeah. people in the uh, who are setting up these companies in the east inside of America um, are simply doing it for, for just to create legal havoc and then the, the courts in that, that side of uh, America have often been uh, handing things over, uh, handing the money over, like one and a half billion dollars that Microsoft has ordered to pay Alcatel. Uh, for violating its copyright uh, issues. That uh, it sounds like a bit of a joke, but I think it is actually for real. That they're, you know, that, that it sounds to me like the company's just been specifically set up to milk Apple, Sandisk, and whoever else makes an MP3 player. We, we, we um, don't look just Korean. to suck some money. Hmm? I don't have, we don't look correct. <laughs> How'd they get that in? There? <laughs> anyway, send the check, and we'll stop it. Send <laughs> the check. Oh dear me, I just don't know what to talk about today, even though see, we've been off the practice for such a while. But going back to Jack and Utes for a minute, Jack's probably got a fairly good shot this weekend because there's so many uh, rookies in the Ute series this year, or rookies to the Ute series, you know, yep. there's some fairly qualified steerers in there um, that haven't actually raced a Ute properly in a full other grid of Utes before. Yeah, that's quite true. It's, it's going to be a bit of a challenge to some. I yeah. would think yeah, Jack, Jack would have to definitely be on the podium. Look, the um, obviously Gary Baxter would be his probably his, his greatest threat, mm-hmm. um, being a local boy and certainly knowing uh, knowing his way around here and certainly how to pedal a Holden. Um, and he'll have spent uh, all his uh, all his cash dollar on making the thing as fresh as possible. But last year, uh, to be fair, the BFs were brand new, and the car was quick for a few laps, and then it started to fall away a bit, and we had some. There were some axle problems that didn't get um, resolved until the Oran Park round, the third round Oran Park, and um, so uh, I think the car will be strong. Anyway, we'll we'll know after a practice session on this morning. Mm-hmm. So mate, maybe we should just trot off down to the track and um, have a bit of a chat to some people. What do you reckon? Awesome, good idea. If we can get in. Well, we are going to make you serious. We're down at the track, viewers, and then we're here with Bianca Wise, who's the uh, lovely media coordinator for the V8U Championship, and Ryle Harris from, with a new sporting and new haircut, who's also second fastest in P2 down here at Clipsal 500 on Thursday. How are we, guys? Very well, thank oh, you. Right. Absolutely spectacular. <laughs> Bianca, it's great to have you back in the series again this year, and I believe you had a really nice holiday down in South Africa. Oh, well, thank you, Johnny. I absolutely did. I went on safari, and it was fantastic. Got about half a metre from a lion, and on my last day, I couldn't shower because the elephants broke the pumps. It was great fun. Got some interesting new sponsors on board this year, um, we including do some people that need a bit of respect. Ah, the Jesus Group in one of our utes. Very fancy. I prefer to stay away from that topic rather than get a bit touchy, but I think it's very very fantastic that they've come into the category and I look forward to seeing great things in the future with them. So that means that the 8.20 race meeting on Sunday morning is going to have to be rescheduled due to uh, service. Cross the body. <laughs> You'll be going, won't you, mate? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All, all the time, mate. I love, I love my holy bread. Well, Ryan, last year, mate, it wasn't a great uh, time for you and you actually ended up tipping it over. 
Yeah, no fault of your own. The front wheel just going up the wall, but you know, obviously your hands weren't connected to the steering wheel. How about it this year, mate? You look, yeah. you're absolutely on fire. Second in uh, second in P2. Yeah, I was actually waving to a hot blonde last year, and something just happened. I don't know. No, we made a mechanical failure last year. Let the cam leak on us, but yeah, P2 at the moment in both practice sessions. So be good. We've finally got a decent engine under the car, and Dad's preparing the car really well. So I sort of I've got plenty up my sleeve. I sort of haven't really pushed the car yet, and we're second, so I'm not complaining at all. Is that a help or a hindrance uh, having your dad here? Because I've asked the same question as the Canopic earlier. <laughs> no, it's definitely a help. It's uh, we we fight like cats and dogs, but when the car's going wrong, we don't fight at all. So. How would you feel, Bianca, if you had your dad here helping you do the media for this event? Oh, my dad would be tops. I love my dad. He'd be a great help. <laughs> he really would. I'm a, I'm a mummy and daddy's girl. <laughs> well, if this isn't the Danish mother's... Oh, hello, Alan Simonson. Who are we talking to here? <laughs> We're talking to you know what. How are you, mate? I'm pretty good. How are you? Good. How do you go in GT practice this morning? Bit of fudging? Yeah, fudging. Loads of fudging, man. Got to fudge all the time. Loves his fudge. Nice <laughs> <laughs> flag. So the, I know. I got it. I, yeah, I'm wearing a little Danish flag just to give you a bit of love, mate. Good. How are you? So now that we're all here to get the podium dancing tonight. <laughs> Silence. <laughs> yeah, you're the podium dancer, aren't you? Uh, we'll do a bit of podium dancing here. Yeah, we've got crazy horse. <laughs> Sunday night. Okay, mate, tell us just about uh, practice this morning. Uh, it's a hot day. It's a hot day. It went pretty well. Um, we, um, no, we, uh, we seem to be going pretty well. Got a fair bit of ballast in the car now, but no, it's going good. We're happy. Car looks really good in the new Cooper's colours. It's great that Glenn Cooper's got on board and decided to sort of revisit the, uh, the energy that was generated out of the Bahrain Festival. That's right, it's great to have Cooper's on board again and uh, I'm sure we'll put on a good show over here in Adelaide and uh, try and win the race for Cooper's. Now rather than turning it into Radio Alan Simonson, because we have been today, because we've been giving you a bit of a rap, mate, you know, you've for what? Been, because you've been Mr Versatile. You've been the, taking it on the tar <laughs> end. <laughs> taking it on the tar and the circuit. Oh, I thought you said taking it up the rear end. <laughs> I don't see any damage to the back of your car. No, right, tell us about your tarmac experience. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, <laughs> it's dangerous. It's very dangerous. <laughs> but it's going good. Yes. <laughs> you cannot say that. <laughs> we'll have to edit that out. Oh, the beep. <laughs> no, it's been good, John. It's been good to us. We've been lucky. We've been very lucky. Maybe our luck will. Maybe our luck will change after the third race. All good things come in threes, don't they? Absolutely. But you've done two events where you've beaten Cody Crockett square and fair and square. Yep. Three times Australian uh, rally champion. Also the Asia Pacific rally champion. Jimmy Richards has said, "Hey, these guys are just quicker than I've um, I can go." Running a 997 four-wheel drive turbo, um, and uh, you've also upset uh, the the whites. Uh, but I think that really just goes back to the fact that you're doing a lot of mileage and you're getting beautifully built cars by Les Walton and uh, Paul Carter's uh, seen the vision to invest. Yeah, that's right. I mean, obviously the car's very good. Um, without the car being as good as it is, we couldn't do what we do. Also, a lot down to my co-driver. It's very good. Um, but no, it's been it's been it's been very good all up for us. Um, and everything seems to be going good. All right, mate. I'll see you later when you buy some clothes. <laughs> hey, uh, Jack. Tell us about. Uh, uh, the uh, couple of practice sessions today, mate. Uh, first day at uh, Clips, a little bit hot in the car, and you're suffering a little bit of a limp there, but uh, obviously it's not affecting your times. 
Uh, yeah, no, or your choice of sunglasses. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not affecting you that, but a bit off the pace at the moment. So um, just off, been off to have a whinge to the technical guys and try and get a parity adjustment. We've got a few cars in front of us, which I don't think have been in front of me for or ever, actually, a couple of them. So um, there was supposed to be an, an adjustment made uh, for this round, but they, they didn't do it. So hopefully I can be a little bit of a nuisance. So uh, they say, well, let's, let's just shut him up and bring him back a bit. So... We'll soon see for uh, qualifying, but if they don't, um, I think I'm going to be struggling to um, to run with the front runners. Mate, I'll tell you, you'd be struggling to run with the front runners tomorrow if you don't clean your room up. I've given you the biggest room in the house, and it's a fucking mess. I mean, I can't say that, but I did. Well, clean it up. <laughs> we're going home now. <laughs> we'll see you for dinner, mate. See you, mate. See you later. <coughs> well, we were just about to drop the clutch on the whole V8, uh, V8 Ute scene, but uh, look who we found. We found uh, George Medici. Now, mate, the name is correctly spelt on the car, but they've left, they've left us exactly. How are you, mate? Pretty good, mate. Good to see you again. Yeah, he, he hates me. He doesn't like my media, but that's all right. We'll, we'll still get. We'll still give him a bit of radio. <laughs> so, oh, there's that bloke with the moustache. I think. Looks like he's cheating. Anyway, we'll talk to him in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> but great, great to have you in the series. How'd you go around here, the streets of, uh, of Adelaide? Um, first session, I was just yeah, really sort of trying to relax and get to know the circuit because I've never been here before. Um, Oh yeah, I have been here, but only on Xbox. So, um, so yeah, just trying to get to know the car, and then um, started to wind it up a bit, bit faster in the second, uh, second session. Then had some problems with the brakes, so it's a bit up and down, but we're having a good time. The brake pedal? Um, it's well, a bit up and down. <laughs> What's well, that? The nightlife, so. mate. Huh? Is that the nightlife? Uh, well, I'm, I'm a bit out of town this weekend, so not, not seeing much of the nightlife of Adelaide. So I'm a bit Where are you staying? Oh, way out. What, what? Like, it's a 45-minute drive to the track. Well, tell the girls. In Adelaide. <laughs> it's crazy. 45-minute <laughs> Well, mate, the car looks sensational. It's good to see that you've got Lubramax on board, and, and more importantly, that you've, you've managed to make the step up from uh, winning the Class B Production uh, Touring Car Championship last year in the Hyundai. And, um, mate, that's, the, the car looks sensational. How did you go at your shakedown meeting at Wakefield Park? Um, good. We... I mean, I uh, took the car out. I, I really dawned on me just how much further I had to go with driving the car and, and feeling comfortable and all that sort of thing from my car last year. So, um, yeah, it ended up really well. So, um, your dad being the driving standards advisor, have you got pinged yet on day one? <laughs> Not yet, but I can see it looming in the distance, mate. I'll tell you that. <laughs> no, he's, uh, yeah, anyone who knows him knows he'll judge me harder than he judges anyone else, but uh, that's the bridge we'll cross when we get to it. Mark, that's your call, mate. I don't know how you're going to fit in it, but anyway, give it a go. All right, mate, George, mate, good luck this weekend, and, uh, mate, we'll speak to you soon. Good to see you, mate. All right, cheers, George. Well, I'm walking along here. I've just spoken to George Medici, and I really reckon he's been a bad boy, and he's his dad. Mate, Andrew, has he been a bad boy? No, no, he's been all right. He's, he's been, had, a, had a pretty hard time, but he had no brakes then, so... But he pulled it in and kept it alive, and so, yeah... He'll live to fight another day. I think they'll probably qualify all right. What do you reckon this bloke, Mark Bryant? Yeah, how are you, Mark? <laughs> Mark and I, we go back a long way. You do. <laughs> Mate, uh, thanks for those uh, excellent prawns at Christmas. They were really good. Oh, pleasure. Yeah, ju you yeah, just absolutely. cooked 5,000 too many. Yeah, no, that's all right. That's all right. <laughs> I, didn't, I thought you girls were coming. <laughs> I brought Jack. Yeah. <laughs> I'll speak to you over the weekend. Yeah, all right. Thanks, mate. Good to see you. You never know who... Can't speak like that, but you never know who you find when you're walking around here. Marcus Sakanovic, the first day at Clipsal 500. Now, earlier in the day, I tried to see you, but uh, there was steam coming out of your ears, and it was no fault of your own. A massive 
crash uh, into the back of someone trundling slowly with a flat flat tire out of turn eight, the notorious turn eight in the first practice session, mate. <laughs> Welcome back to V8 racing. I think it's uh, it's. I don't know, I'm just lost for words, you know, I mean, to just sort of roll up here four laps into the first session, it's just heartbreaking when, it's just common sense where someone, if, you, if you're doing a cool down lap or if you've got a, a problem, you're not on the race line, get off the race line, get out of the road, and at this particular point, I was sort of catching him quite quickly and noticed that he showed me no sign of moving or indicating or anything, so I sort of got off the gas trying to read what he was going to do and... I didn't, I didn't read for him driving straight in front of me in turn 8 just as I've sort of tipped in so anyway flattened the car and his weekend's over I think and uh, we got ours back out for P2 and managed 20th which was not, not a bad result considering there's about 34 cars in the field and it's a big step, big learning curve but we'll just keep chipping away as long as we progress we'll be good. You've got an excellent turnout here from the Action Racing team this weekend and that's great to see you be able to get that support. They've been able to get you out for P2. I had a look at the car myself. Mate, you couldn't have centre punched it anymore <laughs> right in the middle of the radar just taking the blow, but luckily there's no geometry problems. No, no. Um, the car actually handled quite well and from first sort of session, well the first four laps to the second session, I managed to sort of bring about three seconds out of my time. So it's a big gain and it's a big improvement, but there's just still a lot more in me. I mean, the car obviously has a reputation and, and is, a, is an extremely good car being the X-Car Tander car. It's just now I've got to step up and, and uh, learn to adapt to it a bit better and drive it a bit harder and I think we'll we'll get good results. Um, has that take, given you confidence a little bit of a knock over the over the day or has it um, well, uh, or has it just used up all your spares and <laughs> you're being a little conservative but I might say that uh, um, that uh, I'll remember his name in a minute it was also um, Yulden Yildon was like, yeah. uh, like point 0.1 off your time. Yeah, well, I mean, as Adelaide proves, it's just different and it's a hard track. And I mean, obviously having a shunt at, you know, 170-odd K an hour is, is always a bit, bit sort of damaging to the uh, confidence. But I use that session to sort of regain and regroup and get, get it all back together. And, uh, well, I'm, I'm looking forward to obviously trying to race. And I, I, I tend to race better than what I qualify anyway, so... Also, I'll soon dig deep a bit in myself and in the car, and I think it will all work out in the end. The main, the main priority now is just to bring the car home in one piece. Uh, Chris from V8 Central and I were having a chat this morning on the earliest part of the show about how well you'd been doing up there at uh, Winton in your test sessions and how confident and comfortable you felt in the car, how easy it was to drive. Um, looking at the other cars out on the track there, can you no see a noticeable difference between your own car and other people's cars in terms of, like, are they squirming or... Well, what are you seeing? Well, I mean, there is a few cars out there that, that look quite ugly, but obviously that's the, the guys trying to get the most out of their equipment. But um, in my case, from what I can sort of put it down to at the, at the moment is these cars tend to have a style where you, you're heavy on the brakes and, and sort of lots of throttle control. I seem to be exaggerating that, like I'm probably too deep on the brakes and not aggressive enough on the throttle, on the exit. So... That's something that I have to change in my driving style, and we'll be able to get some probably more feedback out of the car to, to see how it is actually handling. Like at the moment now, I'm probably not driving the car hard enough. So once I sort of get a bit more confidence and and have a, a bit more of a go, I think we should be alright. I'll, I'll start to get some telltale signs out of the car and maybe do a few adjustments and have a good sort of run, I think, for the rest of the championship. My, again, main concern, I just want to get out of this round with an unscathed car. 
Now you really do like Adelaide, because this morning you were very unhappy about Adelaide. Oh. I know. <laughs> you know, I'm living here, but you never know. If you don't like Adelaide, I might have to move down to Melbourne with you. No, oh, stop it, Johnny. You're teasing me. Oh. With, no, that, with that gay bloke, Alan Simonson. <laughs> the, da- the gay <laughs> Dane. The gay Dane. <laughs> Who's <laughs> just got the fastest time in P2 for the Australian GT Championship? Oh. Actually, he's not Gavius. No. <laughs> well, I don't know. No. <laughs> he's, he's a good looking bloke, though. It's a, it's he a, goes around and around in a Ferrari. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes, no, Adelaide has been good to me in the past. I've uh, had had some win, had some good success here, you know, podiums. I think I've raced here sort of three years in a row in, in, the, in the V8 U Championship and had a win and had a. Um, had a third and, and I think the first time here I managed to come home with a top 10 so Adelaide has been kind and it is one of my favourite tracks a- anything that requires a lot of heart and a lot of confidence is is obviously right up there in my books of uh, of tracks and, and favouritism but um, obviously just with this morning's blow it just sort of really knocked me around a little bit physically I'm okay but um, yeah just trying to rebuild the confidence again like it is a big stepping stone a big learning curve and a good night's sleep you'll be right yeah i mean it's been a lot of chaos and and mayhem (laughs) up until this um round just trying to get infrastructure set up and team and and car and all that sort of stuff so it's been overwhelming just trying to get here and actually and get it sorted plus also too obviously with my v8 ute and and gary trelaw's ute that action racing is managing um yeah, it's 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 a big thing, big step. From um, from the outside point of view, mate, I honestly thought that there were a whole hell of a lot of people out there who were driving too hard, considering the temperatures. Because realistically, yeah. Oh, good day, Mark. Hello, John. Good, mate. Um, uh, that uh, really, what's the relevance of driving this hard in these sort of temperatures when it's just a practice? Oh, look, I, I think. Well, I know for myself, I was pushing. Pro- well, probably to what I thought was hard, but that's just to try and gauge where I'll be at for the race, for race trim. So, And I should imagine that's what a lot of the other guys and teams would be doing, because obviously we're all in the same boat, we've all got experience the same temperatures. But that would be assuming that the, the track temperatures are the same as what we've got today or worse, and come Saturday they'll be lower, so wouldn't there be a different set of sort of rules? Oh. Again, can't, I can't account for what the other teams are, are planning or strategising, but I mean, for, for me, it's just I, I need to test myself and really sort of push in these conditions, hopefully, because I mean, tomorrow's only going to be hotter for race one, so I needed to go today and, and push as hard as I could and get a good idea out of what the car was doing for, for tomorrow, so we'll just we'll just take it as it goes. Well, it looks like it's going to be interesting on Sunday because we're going to have a lot of rain, apparently, they're talking. Now that would be a first for the Clipsal 500. I don't, I can't even r- recall a Clipsal 500. 2000, in fact, our good mate JP, I looked at him and said, mate, what's the chance of a spot of rain around here? He goes, absolutely not. One minute after he said that, it Down rained. And like two laps in, like everyone was going in for tyres. And I've got a video that shows that, but really? like, mate, you don't want to see it. No. Well, up an octave. Yeah, really? <laughs> no, well, I mean, from what I can recall, I there's been yeah, very, it's, very it's minimal. It's, pre- it's pretty rare that rain appears here at the Clipsal and honestly I think it would be a, 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 a welcome change I think because every year most drivers sort of dread this sort of round just due to the heat and fatigue and stuff I think to make it a bit easier on us drivers would be a, a bit, bit better I'd reckon. Yeah I suppose first time out in a new car on a track with the concrete walls is, would be a difficult call too mate I guess would it? Yes it is uh, Especially when you're approaching these concrete walls, probably 30 or 40 k's an hour faster than what you did in the old Ute. So, <laughs> here's a big step, and um, 
we'll be right. We'll get over the hurdle and we'll keep boxing on, eh, Johnny? Absolutely, mate. Uh, don't you worry. You you do whatever you got to do, and I'll just try and turn out a diamond for you. And pack the wet weather tyres for Sunday, they tell me. The bonus for me is I'm packed up, ready to go on Sunday. I'm kicking back, watching the big boys fight it out. That's right. That's right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, Sunday's going to be <laughs> Mate, uh, definitely get you up there with Glen Cooper and uh, make sure you enjoy a couple of couple of cold uh, glasses of water. <laughs> we, <laughs> might, we might uh, Saturday night sample some of Adelaide's finest. See yep. see what. Nightlife's like and what? Don't know if you can drink it, but we'll definitely uh, do that. Could um, be a Coopers or two on on the down, maybe Saturday night after racing. Would that be allowed, Johnny? Totally, Marcus. Oh. I'd like to really just uh, take this opportunity to all the let you, let you know about how I've been watching your team grow um, over the the Christmas months, um, and you, you've you've made the decision early, and. I'm not, not uh, saying anything bad about my own dad, but I just have to say, your dad is an absolute gem, and uh, you're just so lucky to have a father who believes so much in you, and, you know, just the pair of you just have, to, have so, such a wonderful existence. So Chalk and cheese, mate. Yeah, sure, he wants the chilly you, don't you? I don't know. No, he's one. I definitely, I definitely owe him my whole motorsport career. Owe him everything, pretty much. He's been really good to me, and... He makes it all happen. Without him, it would be a lot harder. Let's just put it that way, I suppose. But um, no, definitely, I think he gets as much enjoyment out as what I do. Apart from the odd times where we uh, have a bit of a yelling and screaming match, but what father and son don't. So no, nah, it's good. It's good. Keeps him young, I think. Man, it's really hard to snap a 50-inch plasma in half, and you take one and he take the other. Yeah. And Mark, you'd know that because you've got a father who comes out and he's got all these tough building jobs, and he gets his old dad out to do them. Yeah, he's 70, 75 now, but he's still good for a jackhammer or two or a few stop holes, so he's all right. Jeez, can't feel Gab labour, eh? And he's cheap. You don't, you, don't, cheap. you don't have to pay until you've really got the money to pay him. I think at the moment I owe him a couple of grand, too. Listeners, Mark Simba. really isn't cheap. He's just uh, <laughs> trying to save a buck. That's another guy from Melbourne. Well, that's what he tells me, anyway. <laughs> All right, mate, thanks for taking the time to uh, have a chat to us on Radio Hot Lap. And Not a uh, we'll, um, we'll... Actually, before we... Uh, Dart off. I was uh, managed to just weasel over to the V8 Ute pits just earlier today and bumped into me old mate Jack Ellsgood hobbling around on a set of crutches. What's the story? Oh, well, mate, it, it would be remiss. No, no, it's, it's not a 1970s disco night <laughs> breakdancing If I was gone wrong to wrong say way. what actually went on, you know, like I'd, I'd be in the shit and, and then Jack would have to pay me. Pro oh, hang on a minute. Um, well, what <laughs> yeah. happens is I think you just had a couple of sherbets and fell over one night. Twice. Twice. He broke, he broke it and then broke it again. No. That's what he? happened. He broke it twice. Is that right? Yes. Mate, I didn't hear that. That's all no, coming. It's, it's all, I didn't say it to you. It's Mark. Yeah, it's he's, he's broken it twice. Right, eh? That's why he's on crutches now. Interesting. Yeah. No, well, uh, anyway, we've got to send a big shout out to the old Jackie boy. Get well soon, son. Get back into it. I want yeah. to see you at round three. Come and have a play with us. Went over and uh, had a bit of a chat to uh, Bianca and Ryle and also um, Schvenster and, and Jackie Wood. And Big and, Jack Man. Um, uh, who else did we see? No one else. That was it. Oh, yeah, Bianca. Bianca. Gave a bit of love over there to the old category. and uh, yeah, A bit, we'll a, a bit of love for the youths. But, mate, you've also, you've, you've leased your ute out, so you've, you know, what's this? I love the media. <laughs> Team owner. Team owner. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I thought I'd just take the opportunity to really play it up a little bit, you know, try and step in the shoes of Jason Bright, sort of team owner slash driver, but uh, no, nah, look, I mean, 
the main reason is obviously with the Zook Tech. Yeah. <laughs> Z Tech. The big Z Tech. No, I mean just to sort of honour the franchise. I, I really love the Utes and even though I'm ventured in the Fujitsu V8 supercars, I'd like to try and keep a hold of my Ute and have it there so if, if plans don't seem to work out with the V8 supercar thing, well then I've got something sort of firm and steady to go back to and something I know it's fun and, and good and and all that sort of stuff so at the moment we're just sort of leasing it out maintaining it and looking after the old black betty that was kind enough to deal me a championship so yeah we hope hopefully the new steer young Leighton cranbrook there can come through with the goods and we've had some technical problems this weekend but big craig's got on the job and got it sorted and got an electrician in there and found the problem and now we're on the move up again so hopefully young Leighton can and pull it together and have a good run and see Black Betty back on the podium where she belongs. I understand you're going to be in a um, foreign car at uh, the Australian Grand Prix. Yes, very foreign. No, uh, with, the, with the purchase, obviously, of, of the Holden supercar, I've decided that the Legion so really need to define where, where my camp well, is. They had their chance. They had their chance, and um, <laughs> Ford, in, in respect to them, were good enough with the car to, to deal out a, a championship, build a good product in the Ute category, but um, Holden were better or not uh, stood up to the plate to offer me the, the super supercar so I've since showed an allegiance now it's Red Army all the way go Scafey go Tanda go well, Kelly Brothers mate uh, Mark was over earlier talking to one of our uh, very uh, uh, friendly aerobatic mates uh, Gavin Bullis and I believe he actually <laughs> said that he um, wanted to actually have a steer of that car he said if Marcus falls off like, well, can I have a go well he's, yeah he's decided he wants to have a go yeah, doesn't he do that as well but he does that yeah. I mean, doesn't he run the supercar touch because Gav does everything yeah um, I don't know I think so anyway yeah well being a uh, historic touring car champion and Mustang extraordinaire well, as uh, is Mr McAllister the big Macca man he's made that made the step over to some horsepower no, well, yeah, I'm not sure. I guess I've seen the. You know, you said there was a 289 running. You know, you, you looked at the the entry list, and it was a four four thousand plus cc. There's a lot of Mustangs. There's, with a, there's no, but there's the, the old John Mann 289 over there. And I think Macca might must have bought that. So there must be a bit of money in used cars because that was a hundred and fifty thousand dollar buy that car. Well, uh, Macca's got deep pockets. No, yeah, yeah the Aminis, <laughs> the Lewis speedboat dealer in Young, and as you love it, there's a drought going on, so be selling plenty. He's definitely selling plenty. Like any good salesman, sell it off to uh, the good Arabs and sell sand to them. Mac is good at that. Oh, mate, we'll leave you. I'll let you have a good uh, early night in a Suvalaki and uh, <laughs> chicken noodle soup for Dad. Yeah. <laughs> and a bottle of red. Yeah, bottle of red. Uh, to calm the nerves and ease him up a bit. No, thanks, guys. It was great to catch up, Johnny and Mark. We'll, we'll catch uh, you over the weekend. We'll mother. see mother, you floating around, mother, mother. mostly around probably the Cooper's box somewhere. Anyway. Enjoy. Ta-da. But I'm just here quickly on Radio Hotlap, episode 49, a podcast that talks about nothing particularly sensible, but generally would be motorsport and gadgets and barbecues and what we've been drinking for lunch and barbecues and more barbecues. Mate, it's been a bit of a tough day and we've had all that discussion, but Mick Zekanovic, I just wanted to say, if ever Marcus had a dad, you're it. I mean, you just, you're just, uh, it's just, you're a legend. And mate, uh, just, I have to just applaud how you've supported him. Yeah, no, it's, it's been a, it's been a, a stinking hot fucking day. Pardon me, French. <laughs> you're not allowed to say that. You see, oh, if you sorry, say that man. word, then Apple computers oh, say, okay, look, we've right. got to put the explicit tag. That means we get okay. more listeners, so you keep going. Okay, it's been a really, really hot day. And what happened this morning, it's only, 
Look, no good, everybody else getting involved, what happened, so it's the two drivers know what happened, but uh, we got the car going for him, the boys were absolutely fantastic, Roscoe and all the guys there, and uh, Bruin been fantastic. Roscoe! So it's, it's, it's been good, they nutted up and got him going again, we just made it for... We'll just have a bit of a walk around the car, mate. It absolutely looks spectacular. The guys from Creative Options have done a brilliant job on the paintwork, haven't they? Yeah, they have. Uh, yeah, they've done an excellent job. It stands out. Uh, we've got no sponsors, but we'll wait until they come along and then we'll get cover the car with sponsors. What are, what are you on about? I'll just be spending all that energy on writing press releases saying that you do. And I love the way you put Marcus across the rear wing, just like I told you. Are you listening to yeah, no, that was good for the Xbox games and that. But uh, you'll have to interview Roscoe too. You'll have to say, Roscoe, Roscoe, team manager for Action uh, Racing, who's the uh, owner of uh, FunkyPets.com. <laughs> Thank you, Mick. <laughs> mate, the car is uh, is sensational. Uh, but boys, you've had a bit of a tough day, mate. How's it really been for you? Look, it's been uh, it's been hard work, but. Uh, Having the resources uh, and the, uh, the crew with the ability, there hasn't been a problem. So, um, when you've got Mick on your side, resources aren't a problem. <laughs> you know what it's like when you don't have him on your side. <laughs> so, we're putting on some putting on some intermediates today, are we? Because of the pit so far away from uh, the uh, dummy grid, we like to drive it around with some dirty old tyres on it, just so we don't destroy our uh, good tyres. So, this is all, all part of getting ready for tomorrow. Mate, no, it really looks good. Now, just because it's so hot, have you guys run in a cool suit or any any cooling inside the car no, for Marcus? We're a, little bit we're a little bit unprepared for that sort of stuff, but uh, Marcus, being the fitness freak that he is, he seems to be coping quite well. Yeah, I know he's been gulping a couple of vodkas down earlier <laughs> in the day. <laughs> well, mate, that's, uh, that's that's really, really good, and it's obviously the quality of the build from the, the, the toll guys have really paid off. And have a look at the plumbing inside there. It's a complete mess, but anyway, I figure it knows what it's all about. Yeah, the right wires connect to the other right wires, the red to red, black to black, and stand back. That's all you got to do. <laughs> Hopefully I won't need to talk to you tomorrow. <laughs> I've got to get some... Uh... <laughs> Be nice, Mick. Yeah, no. Right. No, we've got to finish Sweet. and pack up and... and, and, and yeah, I'm going to get that now. Tomorrow's another day. Mate, enjoy we'll the away. Suvalaki tonight. Okay, we'll chip away at it. See you, boys. See you, we'll buy some and do it in the morning with five minutes all day. Well, I think it's time to leave the track, Johnny. It's um, been a pretty hot day here. It's 37 degrees. It's about uh, beer o'clock, and we're on our way home. Couldn't been agree an interesting with you more, day, too. It's not a bad day. But Simonson's done well. He's out in front. Marcus has had a few issues today, which you could sort of you've already gone into in your interview. But generally, it's looking like a good good weekend. Jack's doing all right. You know, and there's uh, there's a couple of. Uh parity issues obviously that they're taking uh, into consideration there it, it, over, overnight. considering he's driving around with a, with a foot that he broke twice in January he's doing well and that's just rubbish for you as we were just giving him a bit of a tough time he just simply rolled his uh, he rolled his ankle coming back from a um, from a, a training session because um, he does a bit of um, heat and weight training to, to keep him in form so um, just because he's sponsored by a brewery don't let that uh, sound like it, that is the truth at all. Anyway. 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 Well, what else have we got to talk about? Well, what are we going to do? We're out of the game. We'll, we'll, we'll come back tomorrow. The, the security at this event, it's very inconsistent. Oh, keep changing their mind. I mean, we come in one minute, you've got to have a stamp, and you've got to have this checked, and then you come in the next gate, 
all of a sudden you don't need that stamp. We've got competitive passes, the media, like series. Like and, and we've actually got to go and explain ourselves when we go to the Cooper's box. Every time, you know, what are we wearing? I've got... At the end of the day, it's all a bit mad, but you know, that's the you just really never know where you're As standing. our motto says, we've got to always go to these events and scam whatever we can, as much as we can, for nothing. Well, <laughs> what actually we were alluding to, viewers, is that we're about to uh, give you, uh, launch a new tour. That You see, that we guarantee to get you to have lunch with Tony Cochran uh, without a pass. That's right. And, and he'll think that you're an invited guest because it would be too rude of him to ask. And you can be having canapes and caviar, like uh, with um, probably a, a Pinot Gris, I think, or a Grigio, because they're a bit fashionable at the moment. And um, what are we doing? Cross over? Absolutely, but uh, just be careful, because you see, it's not very sensible. Oh, it's not very sensible that when you get out of the gate there, that there's not a um, a, a safe way of getting across. Yeah, you just sort of run out of the traffic, don't you? You do indeed. Right there at the intersection of the Coopers Britannia Hotel. Well, and they're rocking over there. That'll be busy tomorrow night too. I mean, they'll kick on there for a few hours tonight, but tomorrow night will be big. There's a few drunken bodies lying around in the street, but there's one over in the doorway of the Pope. There's no expense spared here in South Australia. Okay, so the bus zone is out, but they, they, they couldn't cover it up with some plastic. We had to find a potato bag, and that's uh, Canazanaro's potatoes from uh, South Australia. Washed, premium, first class. Very clever, very classy, yes. We'll be moving up uh, from here to the Robin Hood to the Coopers 18, 1864 bar, which is absolutely lovely. It's a, a beautiful bar that's just rebranded and Glenn showed us around that uh, yesterday. Well, wouldn't be having a drink at all, just having a nice steak and an early night. And, is that uh, his new pub, is it? That's his latest. No, no, there was a... It's a lovely bar that's been done up just because uh, they didn't really have any concept about how they wanted to brand it. Look out for that. Oh, jeez, that would have been nasty. If you were to get your front wheel on that in a brake zone, I reckon ah, you'd... you'd be oh, that'd be it. You know, be Gavin Buller stuff. Yeah, I, he's a bit down in the field too at the moment. He, he likes being up the front. He doesn't like coming second or third. He likes first. Well, we all like first and we all have a first. So, uh, viewers, we'd like to say thank you for listening to episode 49, and we'll be wrapping up episode 49, or episode 50, at uh, probably on the Monday. When is this Jay 49A, or is this 50? This is 40.0, 49.0, and then we'll probably do a couple of little anecdotes in between, and then there'll be a final one on, uh, oh, look at that, mate, that's a dirty VL Commodore, <laughs> you know, one of the ones with the leaking air conditioning system, I love them. I love being a passenger having so a wet, wet left foot. So our next show is going to be 490A-A. <laughs> what are we beta testing? <laughs> Actually, we are beta testing, and viewers will be telling you about something in the future. It'll be very exciting. Going yes. video to your iPod. Uh, can't tell you. Yours truly, or, or you, your ugly bloke, will be yeah, involved. Well, but anyway, we'll be doing it. Off to the uh, Fumor Ales Steakhouse tonight, Jono, or what are we doing? Yep, I think that'll be it. Monday the 5th, we'll be doing episode 50, the uh, 50th show, without probably all the pomp and ceremony, because we'll do that when we get yeah, back we to New Zealand, we'll just have 50, but we'll do 50, 50 beers. People have never heard of before. <laughs> Who knows, but uh, we'll uh, be coming back soon with some really interesting stuff at episode 51. Thanks for listening, viewers. Bye.